0: Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alamin, Salato, Salamo, wa Ashrafil, and Mia, I will Mursalin. While early he was heavy, he had made him my bad. Found the Billah, Rahim, Ya, a Yohannas, Kulumi, Mafil, or the Halal and Toyiban, Walla, Tabi, Ukutu at the Shaytan, in the whole Lakumahadu, Mubin, Salakallah, and My dear respected. And most honourable elders, beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, Assalamu alaikum rahmatullahi wa <coughs> First of all, we begin by thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by glorifying and praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for enabling us with this unique opportunity to congregate in His house to worship Him, to glorify Him, to send salutations upon His Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And we pray that Allah will continue to facilitate such opportunities for us in the future. This week, in my khutbah, I've decided to, to speak about something that's, that concerns each and every one of us. Nowadays, we live in a health-conscious world, a health-conscious environment, where people are constantly striving to eat healthy, be healthy, ensuring that what they put in their bellies is is good uh, nutrition for them, uh, and it prolongs their life because that's what everybody wants. People want that food which is going to uh, help them lose weight. They want to eat that food which is going to help their bodies grow strong, and that's a great thing because that's following the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So I'm not going to say anything bad about that. Eating healthy is part of the sunnah of the Prophet The Prophet and you will never find this. The Prophet never in his life, and you can look through the hadith, a hadith, you you can look through the books of of seerah, he never put anything inside his body which was unhealthy. Never will you find that the Prophet he ate something, And it wasn't good for you, or it's proven to be bad for you. That just didn't happen. He was always health conscious, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And that's what he taught his his companions to be health conscious, to look after themselves while they're here. You know, this 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 body, this uh, vessel of yours that you occupy when you're in this on this earth. The Prophet told you that take care of it, give it its due, give it its honor. The Prophet informed his companions your body has a right over you. It has a right over you. So give it its right. Don't play with it. Don't just let your body go and, and eat what you want, do what you want. And not take care of this ni'mah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed you with. So nowadays, I see and I hear of of Muslims and I'm constantly approached by Muslims who are asking me these questions of how to stay healthy and in terms of uh, Islam, what Islam encourages people, people to eat. How it'll help them lose weight, how it'll help their bodies to stay strong. And that's great, but one aspect of that gets to me. I see more and more people, as time progresses, not being scrupulous enough when it comes to ensuring whether their food that they're eating or putting inside their bellies is halal, whether it's lawful for them, or whether it's haram for them. You know, there was a time, and it was a beautiful time. You elders might remember this time when 20 years ago, uh, 30 years ago, when people would, would commit haram acts. They would commit haram acts, but when it came to their food, they would ensure that they only ate halal. You know, I, uh, my, my, my uncle, uh, he informs us of this story. You it was a cousin of mine who informed us of this story. He was working in a petrol station. And uh, he was serving... Um, and in walked in a Muslim brother who he knew. Now, this Muslim brother, he had clearly been drinking. He was drunk. Uh, he had his, a girl with him who he had his arms around. And he was an unmarried man. So you can put two and two together. And he walked inside the Masjid in the Masjid. He walked inside the petrol station. If only he walked inside the Masjid every once in a while. He walked inside the petrol station and he began, he was clearly hungry, so he began looking at the sandwiches. And then he turned to the cashier and he said to him, that, Brother, can you tell me which one of these sandwiches is halal? And the brother turned to him and said to him that you're clearly drunk. And you have this woman under your arms And you're worried about what you're going to put inside your belly Whether your food is halal or not So Allah bless him, Allah forgive him But at least he was worried about that, right? At least he was concerned about ensuring whether his food was halal or not Nowadays that concern has gone out to the window You'll, see, you'll find more and more people who just don't seem to care Whether their food is halal, they're not scrupulous enough, they're not careful enough. Oh, well, Allah knows. Allah knows our intentions. Oh, yes, Allah does know your intentions, but Allah tells you. That tawakkul doesn't mean just leave everything to Allah. It it means doing your due diligence and then leaving it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The verses of the Quran are explicit, they're quite clear. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Baqarah verse 168, بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يَا أَيُّهَا النَّاسُ fil مِمَّا فِي الْأَرْضِ حَلَالًا طَيِّبًا وَلَا تَتَّبِيُوا خُتْوَاتِ الشَّيْطَانِ O people, O mankind, eat from whatever is on the earth that is lawful and good. وَلَا تَتَّبِيُوا خُتْوَاتِ الشَّيْطَانِ And do not follow the footsteps of Shaitan. إِنَّهُ لَكُمْ عَدُوٌ مُّبِينٌ Indeed, he is to you a clear enemy. He only wishes to misguide you. This earth, you've been placed upon this earth, we've been placed upon this earth to take advantage of it, to eat from it, to stay healthy. And the Prophet sallallahu the alaihi Prophet told us in his ahadith that eating from the earth, you've got plenty of options. You could eat those foods that are haram. Allah, has, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created them. You have to ensure that you do the right thing because there's always two paths to take there's a a right path, there's a wrong path and it depends on what you choose and what you do earning provision, seeking sustenance is, is something that is commanded by the Sharia by the Islamic law it is something that is dictated by nature by nature we have to eat in order to survive the Prophet ﷺ, in the book of Imam al-Bukhari, he states, in a hadith reported by the Mikdam r.a, that never has anyone eaten a better food than that which he has procured through his manual work. And then the Prophet ﷺ told his companions, the Prophet of Allah, Dawud ﷺ, used to eat from the earnings of his manual labor. It's a sunnah of the prophets that they would eat from their manual labor. And never has that food tasted better. And that is true today. Nowadays when we earn, when we have a a haram income, when we're cheating, when we're deceiving people, and then we're using that money to buy our food, and then we're putting that food into our bellies, into our children's bellies, how can we expect them and how can we expect ourselves to still be God conscious? Because taqwa doesn't mean, and I told you this before, taqwa doesn't mean to fear Allah. That's where people, people seem, they seem to get that wrong. They think ittakillah means fear Allah. Taqwa means to be God conscious, to be conscious of Allah, to understand that Allah is always there. To understand that Allah is always watching you. To understand and acknowledge that you're going to be judged for your actions one day. That's what taqwa is. And through, within that you have, if you understand and acknowledge that you're going to be judged for your actions and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is always watching you, naturally you're going to fear His wrath. So that le- those levels of taqwa seem to be decreasing people are now earning from a haram income continually placing those foods or eating food that is unlawful for them committing sins you know Dawud who only ate from the earnings of his manual work some of the salaf used to state that some of the sins are not expiated except through seeking lawful provisions. So if you want to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive you, if you want to seek the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, start ensuring that your income is halal. Start ensuring that the food that you eat is 100% halal. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive for you your sins. Said Isa alayhi salam, the prophet of Allah, the great prophet of Allah, Jesus alayhi salatu was salam, He once saw a man, and he said to him, "What do you do?" And he said, "I am, you know." He said, "What are you doing?" And he said, "I'm worshiping Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala." He said, "While you're worshiping Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, who is providing for you? Who is earning the money? Who is placing, putting that food inside your belly, providing you with food, providing you with sustenance?" And he said, "My brother is doing that. My brother is doing that while I'm worshiping." And he said, "Where is your brother?" He said, he's in the fields working, plowing away. Doing his manual labor. And Sayyidina Isa alayhi salatu said to him, your brother is more of a worshipper than you. Your brother is more of a worshipper than you. Because that manual work that you do, work hard to earn that food to put inside your belly, to make sure that your, your sustenance is, is halal, To make sure the food that you eat is halal. The food that you feed to others is halal. That is the worship. or Within that is the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to reward you for it. In Islam, worship doesn't just mean praying five times a day. And praying your salat and standing there and worshipping. And repeating the the du'as and the adiyahs that you're, 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 you're saying and going into ruku, and going into sujood. Worship isn't just restricted to those actions. In Islam, you know the word rajul, which is used for man in Arabic, rajul. It comes from the verb rajala. Rajala means to stand on one's two feet. Because a man, or the Rijalullah, the men of Allah, are those who stand on their own two feet. They earn for themselves. They ensure that what they earn for themselves is lawful. What they eat is lawful. What they put inside their bellies is lawful. And it's your job. It's your job to be scrupulous about that. Not anybody else's. You know, I often hear, you know, there there was what... I remember there was a particular restaurant or takeaway, not here in Southampton, where they... they would serve food and Muslims would go to that place and and get food from them and they didn't know whether it was halal or not they were unsure so instead they went to the to the restaurant owner who was behind the till and they said to him can you tell us whether the food is halal he said 100% brother is halal 100% halal They said that's it that's all we needed we got confirmation from him it's halal so we're going to eat from him Later, after a year or two years, you know, people discovered that the food that he was serving wasn't actually halal. But it just goes to show how people are duped. You can't just take, inja'akum binabain fatabayyanu. The Quran said, if a fasiq, if a sinner, and we're all sinners, if a fasiq comes to you with a khabar, with some information, then don't just accept it because he said it. Fatabayyanu. Then do your tabiin, do your research, find out whether that which he has told you is true or untrue. Your job is to, to do your due diligence. You can't just place that on somebody else's shoulders. You can't put the blame on somebody else. We're to blame. We're quick to deflect blame on others. I was talking to another brother who had a haram income. He was involved in the drug, drugs trade and this is going back about six or seven months ago and I was trying to explain to him how what he's doing is, is haram and he said, look, I'm just a businessman, You know, I'm just doing business, I'm working probably harder than those who work between nine to five every single day, you know, my job never ends. And I said, next you're going to tell me that you're serving the people too. You're providing them with good. He just didn't seem to, it didn't, it didn't seem to connect with him. He couldn't comprehend and understand how that was haram. He said, look, I'm not, I'm not taking this stuff myself. I said, no, you're doing something worse. You're, you're providing it to others to take. You see, in a way, you're worse than those people who are taking drugs. Because the one who takes drugs, he's only hurting himself or harming himself. He's not harming anybody else, he's harming himself. But you, you're harming so many different people by providing them with the drugs. And then their families who are afflicted, you know, due to your due to you providing it to them. They're harmed and they're hurt by it. That comes to you as well. In exactly the same way, alcohol, we have a massive problem. It's unfortunate. But we have Muslim business owners who sell and serve alcohol. We have to be absolutely 100% clear on this. This is unacceptable. The Prophet Wasallam told us, Serving it, drinking it, transporting it. All of this, anything associated with alcohol is haram. There's no way of getting around that. And I hear, you know, when I talk to these people and I talk to that brother, and he said, look, what else shall I do? I, don't, I didn't go to school, I haven't got a degree, I can't get a good job, which is going to enable me to earn the same amount of money that I'm earning through the drugs trade. I said to him, but SubhanAllah, you know, you'll, you'll earn less. But it would be halal. You see, this is what people don't understand. They just want to earn more and earn more, have more money, even though it's procured through you know, haram means, by haram means. They just want to earn as much as they can. They don't care where it comes from. That's that desire to constantly have more money. Without understanding that, you know, you earn less as long as it's, it's lawful, that's better for you. It's far better for you. Look at the words of wisdom from Luqman. He said to his son, He said, Oh, son, avoid poverty by lawful earnings. For no one becomes poor but will adopt three characteristics. You know, if you, he said to his son, that if you ensure that your earnings are lawful, then you're never going to become poor. Don't think you're going to become poor. Except that you'll adopt three characteristics, three things will happen. He said you'll become soft in your religion. How true is this? You'll become soft in your religion, your mind will become weak, and your manhood and sense of honour will be gone. And that's what happens when you continually earn or have a haram income. You become weak in your faith. Your faith is not strong enough. You're not as scrupulous enough no more. So when it comes to committing haram acts, whereas before, earning a halal income and being lawful and being scrupulous about that, it would have stopped you. There would be that something inside you which would have said, no, 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 I I can't be doing this. This is unacceptable. This is haram. This isn't allowed. But when you start becoming relaxed and soft, and earning a haram income And doing Then doing haram acts Will just become a norm You'll think Okay let's try this out Why not I'm doing this already I might as well do this as well So that's why it's extremely important Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself States that he is tayyib He is pure And he loves purity And this is in that verse It mentions halalan طيبًا not just that which is halal, is tayyib, it's pure. It's good for you. You're going to be rewarded for it. Subhanallah, you're going to be rewarded for earning a halal income and eating your halal food. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to reward you for that. Something which is a, is a natural instinct to eat. But as long as you're scrupulous about it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reward you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in another verse of the Quran in, in surah al-Baqarah again verse 172 he states يَا That O you who believe, eat from the good things which we have provided for you وَشْكُرُوا لِلَّهِ. And be grateful to Allah That he's provided you with those good things to eat in kuntum iyyahu ta'abbudud. If it if it is truly Him or indeed Him that you worship, then be thankful to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala that He's kept you away from harm, uh, from haram. He's protected you from haram. This is your way. You know, people desire to enter into Jannah. Now, entering into Jannah, you're not just going to enter into Jannah by performing just your salah. If you think I pray my prayers five times a day, that means I'm going to enter into Jannah on the basis of praying five times a day and not doing anything else, you're mistaken. If you think you're going to read Qur'an throughout the day, and on the basis of just you reciting your Qur'an and doing nothing else, you're going to enter into Jannah, you're mistaken. Every other act has to follow. You know, you you have to act in accordance with the Sunnah of the Prophet You have to be a good human being. You have to ensure that you're scrupulous about that which is halal, And haram. The Prophet, in a hadith reported by Imam Al Tirmidhi, he states that whoever eats from good, whoever eats that which is halal and acts according to the Sunnah, and the people feel safe from his evil, i.e., the people are not concerned that he's going to harm them, they feel safe with him or her, will enter into Jannah. The ultimate goal for us is, the ultimate goal is to enter into Jannah. The Prophet wasallam is giving us the way, is telling us the way. Eat good, ensure your earnings are halal. Act according to the sunnah. People should feel safe from you. Or people should feel safe with you. And your reward? Jannah as your abode. The Prophet wasallam warned us, about purity in what you eat. If you're impure in what you eat, how harmful it is for you and how harmful it is for your, for your families. And you can, you can tell the companions of the Prophet ﷺ, they understood this. Khairun they were, Nas They were the best of people. They understood these wise words from the Prophet ﷺ. So you had the likes of Sayyidina Abu Bakr, As-Siddiq an. He once had a slave who bought him some food, which he ate. And normally, he every day when his when when his servant would provide him with his with his evening meal, he would always ask, you know, how was this procured, with what money was this food bought, and how was it prepared? And his servant would tell him, and then he would eat that food, knowing that he's done his due diligence, and the food that he's placing into his stomach is halal. One day, he was hungry, and he forgot to ask, and he ate that food, and. After he ate, he said to the, uh, his servant, he said, I forgot to ask you, how was this food procured? You know, where did the money come to buy this food? And he replied, his servant, that in the pre-Islamic period, in the days of Jahiliyyah, I used to work as a soothsayer. Soothsayer means I used to tell people their future and so forth and things like that and people would pay me money. Right? I would work as a soothsayer as a which, is, which is haram. And during that time somebody owed me some money from that period and he paid me and with that money I went and I purchased this food and cooked it and provided it to you. Immediately Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq placed his hand in his mouth in order to vomit up the food. And he didn't rest until he had vomited it all out. And when his servant questioned him that, you nearly killed yourself just trying to get that food out of your belly. And he said, if I had to die to get that food out of me, I would have done so. That's how scrupulous these individuals were. If death had... if, 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 If I was going to cause myself to die, if I was going to kill myself, I would have killed myself to get this food out of you. that's how stringent upon the sharia they were Sayyidina Umar there's another example from Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab ta'ala, he once drank some milk and he liked it. He, he loved the taste of, of this milk that someone provided to him and he asked the one who gave him the milk he said where did you get this and it was a young boy who said oh, I, I passed by the, the, uh, the caravan of, of camels that were being taken or being collected for zakat. And I, 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 uh, I took some milk from them and I've given it to you. Immediately, said Amr ibn Khattab began to vomit it out. Understanding that, that that which was taken for zakat is haram for him. Right? It's only for the people who, uh, who zakat is, is liable for. That's how scrupulous they were. We have to, that's being God conscious, that's having taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That the food that we eat, the food that we place into our stomachs is halal and is earned from a halal income. Nowadays we, we know, we know what we're allowed to eat. You know people go to halal butchers and, and ensure that they're buying the food from them that is halal. It's slaughtered in the right way. But what about their income? What about the money that they're using to buy that food? Are they just as scrupulous concerning that to ensuring that they haven't hurt or harmed somebody else in getting that money? That they haven't committed a haram act or provided something haram for somebody else in earning that money? I'm going to leave you with this. How can we expect our du'as to be answered? You know, we we, we, we have so many problems in our lives we have so many things to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for forgiveness for so many things we're sinners Kullu ibn the Prophet said every son of Adam is a sinner but the best of the sinners are those that turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in repentance and we have a lot to seek repentance for each and every one of us we're not ma'asumeen we're not, we're not sinless like the Prophets of Allah No, we commit sin. We constantly digress the boundaries that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed for us. And the good thing is that we turn to Allah. We turn to Allah when in repentance and that's a sign of our iman and how strong our iman is when we constantly turn back to Him. Tawbah means to turn back, literally. And we turn back to Him in repentance. But how can we expect our du'as to be answered? When we're continually earning With a haram income Or have a haram income And whatever we're putting inside our, our bodies Is haram Listen to this hadith of the Prophet It's mentioned in, 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 in Bukhari The Prophet talks about a man He talks about a man And I'm paraphrasing Who travels for long periods This man does And his hair, hair is tussled His hair is disheveled His feet are dusty he raises his hands, and he's, tra- he's a traveler. So travelers, du'as naturally are accepted. The Prophet told us, and he raises his hands in supplication to the heavens, and he said, "Oh my Lord, my Lord," asking Allah subhanahu wa taala for whatever he needs. But he eats from unlawful earnings, he dresses from unlawful earnings, and he lives by unlawful earnings. His du'as would never be answered. So how can we expect Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept our du'as, whenever we want him? But we're dressing, we're buying our clothes with the haram money that we've earned. We're putting food into our mouths, which we think is halal just because we bought it from a halal butchers. But it's earned from a haram income, unlawful income. We're placing that same food inside the bellies of our children. And then we're expecting our children to be God conscious automatically. How can we do that? We're expecting our children to be saints, but we're providing them with food which is haram. You, you all know of Imam Malik, the Imam of Medina. Umme Malik, the mother of Imam Malik, she would say to her son that she would feed her she would feed him less. She would rather feed him less. But as long as that food that she was procuring and providing him with, was halal. Even if he had to eat less, and he was going to become weak, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would not allow it to be so because she was going to ensure that that food is going to be halal. That created Imam Malik. That created men like Imam Malik when their mothers were that scrupulous, when their parents were that scrupulous concerning the food that they placed in the bellies of their children. So nowadays when you complain about your children, when we complain about our children, that the children are are going astray, that my son and my daughter are doing this and they're doing that, and it's difficult for me to bring them back to the path, then go back to the basics, and think about what you've done, from the very beginning to ensure that your earnings were halal that you provided them food with. The food was halal that you placed inside their stomachs, or placed inside their mouths. And if it wasn't, then you know where to start. You know where the problem began. So we have to start taking ownership of this, we have to start taking blame for this. In a hadith, and I'm going to create. I'm I'm going to uh, narrate this last hadith to you. We mentioned this last hadith is found in the books of Imam Bukhari and Imam Nisa'i also. But the Prophet ﷺ said that a time will come upon the people. A time will come when a man will not worry where his earning has come from. He won't care about who he's hurt and who is harmed to earn his money in this world, whether lawful or unlawful. In another narration, the Prophet ﷺ added, such is one whose du'as, whose supplications will never be answered. We're in that time now. We're in that time now where people don't worry, they don't care. They want confirmation by by word or verbally and that's enough for them. When you go to the uh, takeaway and the takeaway, you're unsure whether this takeaway serves halal or haram food and you think, let me just ask. Is it halal? Brother, is the food halal or haram? It's halal, brother. No problem. I've got my verbal confirmation. That's all I need. Food is halal. I'm always going to eat from here now. No, that's not doing your due diligence. You can't just... You you can't then say, you know, the brother said to me it was halal. Well, the brother needed to sell his food. You can't trust the brother's words on that. You have to do your own research. You have to make sure. you have to be scrupulous. The story of uh, Imam Hanifa we've, talk, we've spoken about Imam Malik, Imam Hanifa. And uh, I remember our, our teachers telling us of this story, that in the village that Imam Hanifa lived in at the time, uh, one of the, somebody had stolen a goat. Right? Somebody had stolen a goat in his village. And immediately, look, to us, we wouldn't be too concerned. But Imam Hanifa, this is his levels of of God consciousness, his levels of piety. That he begins to think to himself, what if that goat that was stolen was slaughtered and its meat was being provided to the people? So Imam Hanifa thought, what if I buy some meat, and it's the meat from that stolen goat. He has nothing to do with it, with it with it, getting stolen. But this is how concerned he is. What if that meat is from that stolen goat? He decides, so he does his research, and look at his due diligence. He does his research to find out that a goat, what age that goat was. How old that goat was. And he found out its age, that the goat that was stolen. And then he done more research into how old, or to what age, goats of that type live. And what's their life expectancy. And he found out that it's about seven years. Seven years more that goat would have lived. And said Imam Abu hanifa ta'ala, he stated that I'm not going to eat meat for, ne- for the next seven years. Out of fear that the meat that I may eat will come from that stolen goat. One day he's in the banks, he's on the banks of the river and he's eating. Oh, he's, he, sorry, he's making his wudu. It's a flowing river. And a man who's sitting on the opposite end of the river, he's eating some meat. And after he's eaten the meat and he's got the bone in his hand, he throws the bone into the river. Imam Hanifa, this is his levels of, these are his levels of God consciousness. He looks at that and he looks at that bone going into the water. And he thinks perhaps that meat that he was eating, that bone has come from the carcass of that stolen goat. And he decides he's never eating anything from the, from the, from the river ever again. No fish, nothing. This is how scrupulous the men of Allah, the the, the people of Allah were. This is how they... T- attain the status that they attained in this life and the, atta- the status that they will attain in the hereafter. In order for us to be more like them, we, ha- we too have to be scrupulous concerning the nature of our food. Ensuring that it's, his halal is procured by a halal income. And unfortunately, this is something that I've seen here in, in, in Southampton. We're less concerned about that. And we have to look in our own communities. This is where, where, where we have to start. So if you're unsure about what you're earning, or the way, the means that you're earning is halal or haram, then approach your scholars and ask them about it. Do your your research, find out, because it's not a small matter. Don't brush it to the side. Ask your scholars, ask your imams, find out whether that food is is halal or not. Or whether that earning is halal or not. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give me and you the tawfiq and the ability to act upon the teachings of the Quran, the blessed Sunnah of the Prophet. sallallahu May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enable each and every one of us to earn from a halal income and to eat from that which is halal and pure. Ameen Bijahi Sayyidina Musaleen.